Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 225, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Crave Wrestling Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone, and of course, like every week, we are live and living Culligan, funky like a monkey, if you will. We are going to have some fun just like we do every single week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have such an action-packed show tonight. So much to talk about. And we are going to kick this off with a bang. Huge, huge bang. Without further ado, I'd like to formally and pleasantly introduce our featured guests for tonight. None other then Brandy Rhodes. How are you tonight, ma'am? Hey, how's it hey. going? <laughs> it's going wonderful. I'm so used to saying sir because I've interviewed over 50 people, and I said this on my Facebook Live. I've got some. Uh, I've got some women scheduled uh, in the coming weeks and months, but uh, after four years and three months on and 225 episodes, you are christened as the first woman that I've ever interviewed wow. on my show. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, thank you. That's great. I'm excited yeah. about that. I was enjoying all that music <laughs> that yeah. was going on before before the show started. That was pretty nice. Absolutely. Thank you very much. 
So I'm uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, you uh, and just uh, let the listeners know, and you let the listeners know uh, what's going on in your life right now. So before pro wrestling, let us know uh, about your life before before wrestling even occurred. Okay, well, um, before I entered pro wrestling, uh, I actually ha- I had quite a journey getting there. Um, I did not know that I would end up stopping along the way in pro wrestling. Um, I actually, I went to uh, University of Michigan. I'm from Michigan. Uh, so I was a Wolverine for undergrad, and my goal was to be a TV news anchor. That mm-hmm. had been it since... Um, as long as I could remember, I was a little kid. That and marine biology. I don't know how those two go together, but at <laughs> some age in my life, I thought that they would work together. They didn't. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, after after leaving Michigan, um, I decided it was way too cold, and I'd had enough of that. So I moved on to Miami, and um, I didn't really have a huge plan laid out. I just knew that I couldn't take any more snow, and I knew that it did not snow in Miami. So that was the direction that I headed, packed up my car and drove down. Um, and then so I started working kind of in the modeling industry, doing, you know, some commercials and a lot of uh, it was really cool. I fit in really well there. I worked a lot. I was very busy. Um, I was actually able to be classified as a working model, which is really hard to do. I think you have to make um, at least like 65000 a year to be classified as a working model. Otherwise, mm. And that has to be all modeling income. Otherwise, you're not. So I was a working model. Um, and uh, while I was working there, things were going great. So I figured, um, yeah, maybe I should, you know, give a crack at this TV broadcasting thing again. Um, and actually, after I graduated from Michigan, I worked uh, at a local news station in Michigan for a while in Flint, which is, um, I think, the number one city for crime in America. <laughs> I Unfortunately, yeah. Cigarette. <laughs> Some point it was, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah. So I worked there and. Um, it was an interesting, um, <clears throat> interesting experience. Uh, so needless to say, I did the whole move to Miami thing. And then here we are. Um, so University of Miami has one of the best uh, master's programs for people pursuing TV news or journalism, um, mm-hmm. just a master's in broadcast journalism. So uh, I tried to, you know, get admitted. Uh, it's, it's tough with those master's programs. And I did, which was great. So, I enrolled. I started um, being involved in the program and I was learning a ton. Um, Anybody who's interested in in broadcasting, I would definitely recommend University of Miami. I think either undergrad or grad, you're good because they have amazing professors and the equipment is all there and you do a show (laughs) weekly. So you get to experience everything and it's a lot cooler than uh, pointing and shooting in the snow in Michigan, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, people yeah. they like that. So that's, that's fine. But yeah, so, um, so I was working there and I was still working with my agency and one day they called me and they said, Brandy, how do you feel about WWE? And I had said, well, you know, I don't know. Um, I honestly haven't watched in a very long time. When I was a kid, my brother was very into it. Um, so as a family, we would watch. But, mm-hmm. you know, as my brother kind of grew up, I grew away from it. So I hadn't seen it in many, many years. Uh, so I said to her, I said, yeah, no, you know, hold that thought. Let me let me get a couple of, of viewings in and see what, what I think. Uh, mm-hmm. So I watched and I enjoyed it and we moved forward. So, um very soon after that, I ended up signed uh, to a developmental contract and 
issued to move to Tampa and start training at FCW. So that's kind of how that whole thing unfolded. Nice. So you had some, you know, you had some work in FCW uh, managing uh, Lucky Cannon, who was um, on NXT as one of the uh, the rookies before. Um, and and so, you know, how was that? I, you know, it looks like you got uh, inserted into. I mean, you went from a journalism standpoint uh, to have, being an on on air uh, role uh, for the the FCW brand. How was that transition? Uh, so that transition was pretty easy for me. Um, I actually was hired to be uh, in-ring talent. Like, I was hired to wrestle. So I reported to FCW fully training to wrestle. Um, I was tra- The Divas trained with Norman at the time, so I was training with him and AJ and Naomi and Caitlin and um, Carly, Maxine um, at the time. So it was small, ONX Oksana. So it was about six of us. Um, and, um, that, that was it. No one seemed to really know or have any (laughs) idea much about my background. Um, you know, back then WWE often contracted models, so Mm -hmm. they weren't really that interested in what else you had done. It was athletic models. Um, were you ever an athlete? Yes. Uh, you're a model. Cool. Let's see if this works, you know, and you try it out. And if, if it wasn't, completely catastrophic (laughs) they would uh sign you to developmental um so they didn't have any idea that i had any mic skills uh and there was one day there was a show going on and this was pretty early in i had only been there for a couple weeks and they said uh i guess whoever was supposed to announce wasn't able to or whatever and it was kind of like a crisis everybody's freaking out because none of the girls want to do it and what happens is a lot of times they get pushed into having to do it, a girl will over, over a guy, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. And they don't want to do it. And a lot of times public speaking makes people uncomfortable, especially if it is scripted and you have to say the right thing. You can't just make it up. (laughs) So everybody's kind of freaking out. And I just said, I'll do it. And everybody's like, what you will. And I'm like, yeah, um, I I've done live local television, so this can't be that bad. (laughs) So they were like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And I did it, and then they were like, okay, do you actually like that? Are you comfortable doing that? And I said, yeah, sure. And next thing you know, about a week after that, they had pulled me up uh, on the road to start doing it for Superstars. So Mm -hmm. that's how that went. Wow, awesome. I'm going to rewind a little bit. Um, You you went to University of Michigan. I um, have the pleasure uh, to be born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. So, uh, uh, yeah, yikes. yeah. I didn't tell you that so, before you came to the show. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty sure somebody's going to call pretty soon, and um, that's going to be an emergency, and I'm going to have to get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Michigan people usually have emergencies all the time. So, oh, oh, oh man, you're going for it. Okay, all right. Don't, don't yeah, sleep on I, me. I've got I'm some a, pretty good, some pretty good slams <laughs> for for Ohio. <laughs> Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens this season. Ohio State. Uh, I'm a huge Buckeyes fan, as uh, every person from Columbus, Ohio, should be. But unfortunately, they're not. But uh, yeah, I love Ohio State <laughs> Buckeye football. And um, yeah, we've we've had a pretty tight grip on Michigan for quite some time now. So um, looking forward for that to happen again this year. Are you do you, do you like football? You like college football? Um, I actually don't watch much college football, but I do. I pay attention to Michigan um, 
just to get at people who are Ohio State fans. So um, <laughs> my brother's actually an Ohio State fan, and oh, nice. I will pay attention just long enough to get in it with him. And then when things start turning south, I pretend I'm not watching anymore. So <laughs> I just don't respond. And he'll be like, are you watching the game? And I just don't respond. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, you know what's so funny about that? I, I, my, my brother, I have one brother. He's a year younger than I am, so we literally grew up together. And he's a he's a diehard Michigan fan. I don't know how that how happened. How happen? I, I don't, I don't know. It. We grew up <laughs> together, born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and he's a diehard Michigan fan. I'm a diehard Ohio State fan, um, so I don't know how that happened. But uh, I love my brother, and we respect each other very highly. But at the same time, I have time, a pretty good you know, idea. Yeah, I we, think we get pretty, maybe your brother and my brother got switched at birth, and we need yeah, to correct that yeah, or something. I, I think that may be the case. I think we may. I think you and I may be uh, kin. I have to research that a little bit more, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's fun though. I, I love I love sports. I love you know we him and I we have very respectful conversations now um, since we're uh, we're in our thirties now, so it's it's not uh, juvenile and sophomoric. Um, but you know, unfortunately, people older than us still have those type of conversations uh, that need to tone down. Yeah, a little bit, they're but. called they're called me and my brother, and it, <laughs> it, it's 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 not anything that I'm ever proud of to see mm-hmm. the types of back and forth that happen on our phones during football season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, my, my undergrads in PR, so I'm on, I'm on social media, anything communications PR related all the time. So, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see me, I write for sports illustrated and Fox, Fox sports as well. So it's, it's just, yeah. you know, sports all around me. I love sports and, I'll just blast, you know, social media, um, just especially Ohio State football, uh, <laughs> especially Ohio State football. But the funny, the funny thing about that is, I, I'm all, I'm all across the map too. Like my my uh, my college football team is Ohio State. My pro football teams, the Tennessee Titans. My uh, my my huh. um, my my college basketball team. I'm a huge Blue Blue, Blue Devils fan. So I'm across the map too. So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you, so within you, your time within WWE, uh, you met your your husband Cody Rhodes, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that did. go? Like, <laughs> were, were you were you at like some type of event, or uh, was was it like an after party, or how, did he approach you? Did you kind of lock eyes on him? How did that happen? Uh, well. I had a few encounters with Cody before we actually ever spoke really. And uh, one of the first ones was before they had hired me, I was invited to come to um, one of the shows at at American airlines. And um, at that time, John Laurinaitis was the head of talent relations. And so uh, Johnny had invited me and I was walking around backstage with Johnny and meeting different talent and saying hello. And, you know, I had met uh, Natalia that day and a myriad of other folks. And uh, I see Cody walking down the hallway at rocket speed with the meanest look on his face that I've ever seen a human being have. So I didn't particularly want to meet him at that point, but I just said to Johnny, "Um, yeah, that's Cody, huh? And he's, 
just looked at me and smiled and said, yeah. And I think he probably realized in that moment that that was probably one of the few people that had grasped me like Natty did. And Natty and I ended up great friends when I started to work there. But then Cody was the only other person that I had any interest in backstage. Everybody else was cool and nice. And I remember meeting them and they were great, but that was a moment that I remember (laughs) standing out to me. Then um, when I did get hired, and I was at an FCW show. Um, Cody had come to the show to visit with uh, Dusty. And he was standing in the back during the show. And it was a very, very small building and, you know, kind of awkward, you know, for new people. You just all kind of stand around and try to watch on this tiny screen what was going on in the arena. Um, and I remember seeing Cody standing there and thinking, from what I've learned in this short amount of time that I've been working here, it's very important to introduce yourself to people and to say hello. However, mm-hmm. he looks really mad right now. So <laughs> I don't want to go up to him because he looks like he's angry and I don't want to make him angry and maybe have a, have a bad go at, at a first introduction with him. And, you know, I, I cared what he thought of me because I thought very highly of Dusty and Dusty had been very much pushing for a lot of things with me from the moment I walked in the door. So I didn't want to sever <laughs> that relationship in any kind of way. So mm-hmm. I decided it's better to not say anything. So I didn't. So then when I got called up on the road, um, I was very shy amongst people then because people were kind of, that, that was back in the time where uh, WWE wasn't so welcoming of new people. Um, mm-hmm. Some people were, but the majority of people were not. So if you were new, you kind of had to earn your keep, and I don't know how you're supposed to do that, but (laughs) um, people weren't particularly nice. So I wasn't going out of my way to speak to people, really. Um, And so one time I had gotten my hair and makeup done, and I'm, you know, probably about 15 minutes or so away from having to get out there and perform, and uh, I walked past Cody and, and one of the writers in the hallway have not said much to him, maybe hello a couple times. And he says to me, uh, are you seriously going to go out there with that hair like that? And I haven't looked at my hair in the mirror because I've just had it done and I'm trusting these ladies as professionals. (laughs) They've done my hair properly and I'm fine. And I go, "Uh, are you talking to me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, so I look at the other writer and I said, "Um, is is my hair bad? And the writer said, well, it's a personal choice, which is not something you ever want to hear. So I took off to the uh, ladies' locker room, and I looked, and my hair was, like, pretty big. It was, like, Mm -hmm. electric socket fried hair (laughs) type of situation, which the direction had been from Johnny – um, lots of body. That's not lots of body. Like an, an electric shock is not mm-hmm. the look you want to achieve for a lot of body. So the direction had gotten taken completely wrong. So I tried to fix my hair and um, I was pretty frantic about it. And um, Beth Phoenix had said to me, uh, Brady, what's the deal? What are you doing? And I said, I think my hair looks bad and I, I don't have time and I'm trying to fix it. And she said, let me see, you know, and she said, it's okay. You're okay. And she said, who told you your hair looked bad? And I said, Cody. And she said, oh, Jesus. She said, he likes you. And I was mm-hmm. like, really? So he's just picking on me like like back in fifth grade, huh? Right. And she's like, yep. She's like, so 
there's that. (laughs) And then pretty soon after that, you know, we started talking regularly and then very soon started dating. So. Wow. And the rest is history. Yeah. So Beth Phoenix was instrumental in hooking y'all up, huh? Well, she told she told me what she thought was going on, and she was right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, you know, that third person kind of, kind of brings down, uh, you know, just kind of kind of brings down the the um, the tension and kind of relieves some things. A lot of times, you know. So yeah, it is um, it is high school, but uh, you know, sometimes when you get into <laughs> that phase, you know, you can be fifty years old and still need that third person to say, well, you know, he likes you. So it's, it's funny how relationships <laughs> are built like that. Yeah. Um, so you, you're speaking about, but Dusty, um, he's in my top uh, favorite wrestlers of all time. I, I've been a huge Dusty fan my entire time of watching professional wrestling. And, um, you know, during the uh, Dusty classic, uh, the, the tag team classic, you were one of the people who, uh, had the honors to be in the ring um, as a family member uh, when the when the, the the trophy was given and then the classic and everything. What did Dusty Rhodes mean to you? Well, uh, Dusty, it's funny. Um, you know, a lot of people for a lot of time did not know my connection to the family. A lot of people did not know that Cody and I were married. I think it took a lot of people a long time to even figure out we were together uh, during my time with WWE. But um, one person who made it very clear that I was one of his VIPs or he did not even call me his daughter-in-law. He always called me his daughter or one of his girls. Um, and I feel the, uh, accent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He would tell anybody who would listen that that was his daughter. Um, wow. and he would always in, in like, um, when we would do classes, um, he would just to pick with me and everybody, you know, tell everybody, Hey, Hey, be quiet. C- calm down. My daughter's up there. My daughter's it's her turn, you know, <laughs> just wow. to, you know, drive it home. So, um, he he was very um he's a family man he's very proud of his family so um he made me extremely proud to be part of his family as well and uh you know i i uh i see a lot of the people who he's touched you know in wrestling and he's provided a way for you know he always looked out for the underdogs and helped people who were struggling and things like that but um he was my number one supporter from the first day I walked into the door at FCW, knowing zero about me, um, he was just captivated by me, and he put a lot of time and energy into me, and that never changed with us. Um, even in the time when I went back to NXT, he was very instrumental in listening to me and making sure I was happy and getting, you know, a crack at the things that I wanted to try. And um, mm-hmm. he, he's a irreplaceable guy and i'm very lucky to have been included in his list of daughters that's for for sure wow that is incredible that that's that's awesome that's absolutely awesome so within the wwe sphere it requires a whole lot of traveling and we see that with uh with a special now of the traveling called ride along on the uh, wwe network now how did that uh 
how, how did you kind of get accustomed to that? Was Did that take a physical toll on you, all the traveling that is required as being a WWE talent? Um, you know, I don't think you ever really get used to that degree of travel um, because it's, it's pretty unpredictable. Um, some weeks you get to be home for one day. Some weeks you get to be home for three days. It's really – you really don't know except for kind of the week to week. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a scattered lifestyle. And um, I never was a big fan of flying. Um, I've I've never been a big fan of flying and uh, having to jump right in and fly so much, so many flights a week. I mean, when you think about it, it's at least um, two flights a week, most of the time, three or four. So um, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of, get up and go and um, not a lot of sleep. And mm-hmm. for me, it, it was quite taxing, um, especially being somebody who's not, not big into flying anyway. <laughs> um, and then the drives are, they seem to get longer and longer every week. I felt like I would look and see, Oh, what's the drive tonight? 200 miles. Okay. What's the drive next week? 250. What's the drive this week? 300. All right. Who's going to get me a flight now? Because right. I cannot drive anymore, you know? Um, so it just, um, it takes a lot out of you, especially with the long days. Um, I mean, when you think about it, most of the time, if you're on a Friday live event, um, your flight's probably at about 6 a.m. because they want to make sure that if anything happens, you can get on the next flight. So if you fly out too late, there may not be another flight. So pretty much 6 a.m., take your flight, get in, go to the gym, scramble to find food that's healthy because, you know, a lot of these towns, they're not large towns. So it's not like L.A. where there's plenty of food everywhere and lots of healthy options. You kind of got to (laughs) dig and Mm -hmm. um, get to the building, uh, you know, get ready, do your hair and makeup, for live events, we don't have the hair and makeup team, you know, um, get all set, do this event. Uh, me being an announcer meant that there was no leaving early. I got to be there till the end of the show. So <laughs> the show ended at 11, 12, I'm there. And then uh, your stuff together, get changed and get on the road for three hours. So if you're checking into your hotel around 3 a.m., which is pretty typical, and you've been going since 3 a.m., there you have your full day. And <laughs> that's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's a great description of a day in the life of a WWE talent. Uh, yeah. Very, very physical, very, very physical toe. So, I mean, as we all know, uh, it's, it's the, the cat's uh, out the bag and, and everything's pretty public now, as far as, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes release and your decision to, to leave uh, not too long after that. So, you know, Cody did, I mean, he, 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 he was very vocal as far as expressing um, some, some, just some frustration uh, with this direction. Um, you know, what are some of the things that he expressed to you and what was the decision like? What was the catalyst in, in as far as the, the kind of the, the, the one thing or the collection of things that uh, made you decide to want to be released as well? Uh, so here's the kicker. I was already leaving (laughs) before he Mm. left. So there was no, um, it wasn't a tough decision at all. Um, the only thing 
that changed in me leaving was I just asked for it to be pushed up one month. Um, and that was it. I was already hmm. leaving. Um, and I had not let them know yet, but, uh, was about three weeks out from letting them know, Hey guys, um, not interested in resigning, but you know, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so him leaving, uh, quickly as he did and being granted his release, uh, fairly quickly, just made it easier for me to go ahead and say, well, here's the thing. (laughs) Um, I'm ready to, I'm ready to move on. So if you guys are okay with it, let's, let's go ahead and, and do it. And they were, uh, they wanted me to finish out the week, which I had no problem with. And I did. And that was it. Hmm. Interesting. So was it a creative decision or was it a creative direction that uh, really frustrated Cody the most? Well, you know, I can't, um, I can't speak for Cody and I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's spoken enough on what some things were and um, how he came to his decision. Um, But I, you know, I I do know that I'm very proud of the decision that he made. Um, And I'm, I'm happy with all of the success he's having and he's seeing this quickly afterwards, it just shows that um, when you have a hunch and, and you believe in yourself and you, you think you've got other things still in you, go ahead and do it. Cause yeah. um, I feel like he, for, for anybody at, at any stage in their life, who's feeling like maybe they're missing out on something or that they, they have more work that they'd like to do. Um, there's a perfect example right there of somebody who went ahead and went for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's got a big match next month against Kurt Angle. So that's, that's huge. Um, and he's doing some, you know, he's, he's doing some things, uh, you know, still in the independence. And I mean, you know, I don't think anyone knew that there was going to be a hard time, you know, finding employment for him because he's such a, a commodity uh, for pro wrestling period. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Um, so what are your current and future endeavors? Uh, well, earlier today, um, on my blog, I announced, uh, that I have been working on a novel and, um, hoping that that will be coming out sooner than later. Um, it's been great to be able to finally have the time to work hard on it. Um, as opposed to when I was working with WWE, my time was so limited, so, you get little spurts of time and energy here and there, but half the time when you're not working, you just want to rest up. So, (laughs) so now I've been able to have a lot of time and energy to put into it. And so that's one of my um, many babies right now, but uh, it's an important one. And it's great because it's um, a lot of my fans know that I'm a huge horror freak. Like I love anything scary it doesn't matter it can be paranormal it can be slasher it can be um aliens it it, it doesn't matter as long as it is freaky and weird and will guarantee me i can't sleep for a week i want something to do with it so (laughs) um i'm an avid haunted house goer i've been going to haunted houses since i was way too young to go to them i had a weird industry connection back then where um I was a figure skater for my whole life and my coach, you're, you're very tight with your coaches. Um, my coach at the time, her husband built haunted houses in the middle of nowhere of the Michigans and Ohio's and Indiana's. And, um, 
those places are petrifying. They're not a place for an eight-year-old kid, but I was there <laughs> all the time. So I grew to love being scared to death. And um, so I'm writing in that genre because that's what I feel. That's what's in my head. That's a scary thing, huh? All that's in my head is all this creepy, crazy That's that crap. Michigan head. But it's, <laughs> maybe so maybe so but yeah it's really exciting to be able to just dive in and contribute to something that I get so much pleasure out of and hopefully more people will will get pleasure out of that as well um as far as everything else um you know we've been in LA heavily since um us both leaving and as you know my husband booked a major role on Arrow which is awesome and I'm so mm-hmm. excited for that I can't wait to see that mm-hmm. um, but uh, in the meantime um, I've been out and I've been working with agents and I've been reading and I've been getting my um, professional side together uh, in entertainment outside of wrestling mm-hmm. so um, there's some things in the works for me on the television end that I can't divulge quite yet but Yes, when right. I can, it'll be really, really cool. So awesome! Looking that's forward awesome. to to all expanding. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, awesomely, greatly appreciate you uh, spending time coming on my show tonight. Where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I have the same handle for both. It's the T H E Brandy Rhodes, and then um. Also, I'm pretty active on my blog. It's been a little slow lately because I'm writing um, the book, so <laughs> I can't change paces that quickly all the time. But um, I do mm-hmm. put out posts pretty frequently, and that is beingbrandyrunnels.com. So those are all great places to hit me up, and um, I always love hearing from people. So, uh, And I do share snippets. Today I shared the first uh, snippet from the book, so periodically there will be snippets um, until it's available. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brandy. We really appreciate you coming on the show and spending time talking with me and uh, had a great time. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be your first female. Now somebody's got their work cut out for them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You set a pretty high standard, even even as a Michigan native. Oh, I was going to say, man, you know, maybe you'll maybe you'll uh, get your mind right. and You'll you'll start, you know, cheering for a little Michigan football like your brother, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Hey, blue looks good on you, though. I don't know about the red. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm actually wearing blue right now. That's that's actually Hey, I bet it looks good on you. Throw a little yellow in there, and you'll never know what it is. That's the thing. It's the mixture (laughs) that's the problem. The blue's okay, but when you put that. when you put that gold in there, it just kind of throws the ingredients just awry. So <laughs> you're looking at it wrong. It's not gold. It's maize. It's maize, it's maize. and blue. That's oh, it. Yeah. That's I'm it. I'm sorry. The, 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 uh, it's the technicality. It's a little change. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I change All the right, color well, a little bit, <laughs> oh, if I change the color a little bit, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll reconsider. No, I, I don't think so. Thanks a lot, Brenda. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Brandy Rhodes, I greatly appreciate it. Um that was that was great. Uh just kind of a Michigan and Ohio State ribbing there. That's good stuff. So glad that she's doing well. Of course Cody's doing a great job. All right, we got so much to talk about tonight. So without further ado, let's bring in the guest host for 
this evening. Guest co-host for this evening is none other from WhatCulture.com, the Andy Socek. How are you tonight, sir? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Busy week for me, of course, getting Brandy Rhodes on the show, and of uh, of course, uh, yeah. with you know, busy week for the both of us as uh, as journalists uh, with all this Raw and SmackDown stuff going on. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So, without further ado, we got so much to talk about. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to the headlines. Ladies and gentlemen. It is time for the headlines. Absolutely, it's time for the headlines. Let's start off with Brock Lesnar. Unfortunately, being notified of a potential drug violation from the UFC. Wow, 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 Andy. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, that is, that is bad for WWE and Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, he, today they found out he failed it twice, right? Where, yep. uh, the day, yeah, the day of, uh, so that puts WWE in a bad position, whether they have to potentially suspend him for a month or I don't know. I would not want to be the one to tell Brock he has to leave for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's a good look on the WWE if they keep him around. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, you know, and, and the, the New York, uh, you know, athletic commission and the, the, the state commission, you know, they, 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 they made it clear that it's, it's not one and the same because, you know, he was tested positive in Nevada. That doesn't, you know, negate anything in New York. So he's good to go for SummerSlam, you know, if, if the WWE allows it, but WWE's mm-hmm. been very, very PR heavy for the past few years, and knowing that he popped twice is not a very good look if if the WWE keeps him around. Yeah, I mean, they didn't want to bring in Moose because of something that happened like seven years ago. Exactly. And now they have Roman Reigns, they have this concussion lawsuit, and now Brock Lesnar. So, yeah, it's not good. Speaking of concussion lawsuit, we didn't have that in the list of headlines, but let's let's insert that right quick. So there's 51 names <laughs> total mm-hmm. in that list of concussions, and so their biggest gripe is they weren't notified of, and I'm paraphrasing, but they weren't notified of the the, the proper medical treatment that can come with uh, uh, the the level of physicality, and then of course. Uh, you know, they, they felt that the WWE kind of uh, was hush mouth on some concussion guidelines. Do you think that's a bit excessive? Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like we're just now over the past few years really understanding concussions, uh, CTE with, you know, Christopher Nowinski's work. So I don't know if they were purposely hiding stuff uh, like they're alleging. I mean, it could be, but uh, I, I question – I mean, like Dave Hebner is in on this. Uh, Earl Hebner is in on the lawsuit. There's a lot of people that I wonder how many bumps to the head they took. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with that. I, I, I'm not quite – I think that – I looked at all the names. Like Shane Douglas is one of them. He was there for a hiccup. You know, and, and you know, I don't think – for Shane Douglas, I don't think it's a WWE thing because Dean – you know, he, oh, when yeah. he was Dean Douglas. He wasn't – you know, he there wasn't a lot of bumps that were going on. I mean, you know, his his heart and soul was in ECW, so 
that that would be a little odd to to say it's a WWE thing. So I I I find it a bit excessive, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. And then you know there was a there was a um, a response from the WWE uh, legal department that was that said something in the in, in the amount of um, you know they've tried this before, you know, and they'll get the same result. Basically, just dismissing mm-hmm. it. And and I think. I think this is a dismissing case. I I don't think that this will go too far. So Mark Hunt uh, demanding the full purse received from Lesnar because of the drug violation. Do you think it's fair? <laughs> um. Oh wow. Maybe. I mean, this, but a lot of people bought that pay per view just because of Brock Lesnar return. Right. So. I it, it'll be interesting. I mean, if he's for sure guilty of it, then maybe they do want to set an example and make sure he has to give it all over. But I don't mm-hmm. even know if that's in the UFC's control or if that's uh, in a Stata, uh, Nevada State Commission. Yeah, I, I think you know it's Brock Lesnar's money, so I think it's just mm-hmm. you know it's his money regardless. You can't just revoke the the money that's contractually obligated to him. So. You know, pop or not, I don't think that there was a condition in the contract. I mean, unless there was a condition in the contract that says if you're tested positive, we get to revoke, you know, X amount of dollars or or all of it. I mean, if 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 he signed the contract that said that, of course that's another uh-huh. story. But I mean, if there's nothing in this contract that says we get to take money away that we're giving you, it's just. You know, it's just kind of you know wishful thinking at this point. So I, I don't see. I mean, I think that there's. I think he. I think he raises a fair case by saying because mm-hmm. of the violation, he didn't. He, you know, he was. He didn't beat him clearly. He didn't beat him clearly. He didn't. Be, he didn't beat him fairly. So I think he presents a very fair point. But I, I don't think it's going to affect it. I don't think it's going to affect what what Brock Lesnar receives at all. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because I think uh, we'll find out later this month whether he will be suspended for two years, which I would imagine would probably potentially uh, end his MMA career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. So on a positive note, and I love, I absolutely love this headline. Chris Jericho, in a recent interview with Fansided, he, he talks about how he refused to sell, you know, his new catchphrase, the stupid idiot. He he refuses to let the WWE sell merchandise because he is keeping the art of kayfabe alive and because he does not believe that he should sell merchandise as a heel. Now, Chris Jericho is one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. And I, you know, I've been so, I've been so just, um, frustrated with Chris Jericho over the past few years and just not really gaining heat or steam because he just puts over people like crazy. But, you know, this is kind of a resurgence for me as far as the respect that I have for Chris Jericho, because I say this, I say this all the time. I mean, kayfabe is the heart and soul of pro wrestling. And by Chris Jericho doing something like this, it's such, it's so refreshing to, to hear something like this. I absolutely love this. And his and his, you know, the fact that he still is keeping, you know, and respecting the art of kayfabe. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I like it too. Um, you know, when like Dean Ambrose went on the news, uh, some local news channel, and went and 
in their own character and challenge the uh, Wyatt family to a fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish there was more stuff like that. I mean, we all know it's predetermined, but I think there's still a way to have fun with it, and the characters could at least pretend it's real while they're out in public. Oh, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, that, that's one of the things that we just kind of lost, unfortunately, you know, just within the advent of this new type of pro wrestling. We just we just lost kayfabe, and I think that that's something that – I mean, when you pull kayfabe out of pro wrestling, it's just, you know, a bunch of people watching. I I think it's just kind of delusional. I mean, you already know it's Mm -hmm. fake. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you know, the comic books are fake too, but you know, but you get behind, you know, Spider-Man and you get behind Superman, you know, you know, the Lex Luthor and the Green Goblin are the villains. So, you know, you Mm -hmm. get behind that stuff. And I think, you know, when you pull kayfabe out of wrestling, yeah, you, you just—I mean—you you kind of pulling the heart and soul out of it. So, I, I totally respect that. So, the Big Show challenges Shaquille O'Neal to a match at WrestleMania. Is there any interest at all on your end for, from this? <laughs> um, I'm a person that likes matches that I know will be really bad out of a curiosity factor. <laughs> uh, you gotta get so paid to say, report on that stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I do worse in the week, so. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's yeah. It's it's up my wheelhouse. I mean, I was mildly interested in Aki Bono versus Big Show, and you, <laughs> that exceeded my expectations for how terrible it was. Yeah. So, mildly curious. I mean, obviously, it would have been better ten, fifteen years ago when mm. they were still capable of uh, athletic performances. But there, yeah. part of me is mildly intrigued. But what about you? Zero. I have zero uh, intrigue. I, I think the very fact that you mentioned Akibono, throw in Floyd Mayweather with that as well, I would imagine oh, yeah. that he would had you know uh, he would have been exhausted of his embarrassment from celebrities coming in and getting a payday. But I guess not. I mean, and, and here's no. the thing, you know, you can even throw Shaquille O'Neal in there because Shaquille O'Neal kind of was thrown in and got his payday. And you know, stood toe to toe against the Big Show. You know, the 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 whole you know who's bigger. We're both going to choke slam, try to choke slam each other. <laughs> so he still kind of won up the Big Show this year. So I would uh-huh. I, I would have think I mean I would, I would imagine the Big Show would kind of be exhausted of letting all these celebrities come in. <laughs> you know, on, at his expense. But I guess not. I mean, I would imagine the paycheck maybe. Uh, continues to make him be okay with it, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't see any type of, like you said, if it was if it was ten years ago or so, even when Shaq was still a prominent player in the NBA, you know he's retired now. He's been retired for a while. You know if if that was a big, I mean he's still you know he's still a huge name. I mean he, you know he, he's still you know doing a really good job announcing uh, or commentating, but I, I just I see no interest here. You know, just because I think both of them should be just kind of sitting down on a lawn chair, you know, drinking some uh, <laughs> some nice green tea, watching watching the sand. You know, I, that's that's mm-hmm. that's where I believe that both of them should be at now. I don't think that they should have any type of huge television role. So it, it does not interest me at all. How you were just kind of talking about the the death of kayfabe a few minutes ago. I like how their feud was set up 
they're like, I challenge you at WrestleMania. And then they hug and they're like, I love you. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So um, the the final headline for, for this week uh, is last week was the, was the inaugural uh, WWE Cruiserweight Classic. What are some standouts that uh, that that was from the show uh, from your end? Um, well, first of all, for me, the announcing is a huge hit. Uh, Mal Ranallo and Daniel Bryan, I think, do a great job of not only like uh, appealing to the hardcore fans, but Daniel Bryan does a really good job of just explaining things. I think for people who are watching it the first time. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Arya Divari fan. Uh, he's throughout. I've seen him throughout the Midwest probably a dozen times. A little upset that he didn't make it farther, but uh, I kind of knew when he was uh, announced to take on their uh, first Chinese wrestler sign, he probably wasn't going further. Yeah, yeah. I was incredibly impressed by Cedric Alexander. Um, now I've been mm-hmm. following him for for years now. Um, I'm a huge ROH fan. Um, he was actually on my show uh, to promote it. Um, I think the day before the the uh, or a week before. So he, he was on my show like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, he was he was real pumped um, about you know the, the cruiserweight classic and. Uh, you know, he, he, he was talking about on, on on my show that he, you know, he lost to like 20 to 25 pounds because he was told um, by Triple H and company to, to cut weight. And, uh, and you know, he's always been a very agile person, um, but uh, and he's always had a, a stocky build. But, I mean, just I mean, I've seen him live. I've, I've talked to him, you know, in person. And just to see him then – and to see just the the the, um, the seriousness that he had as far as making this a huge thing for him, uh, you know, and, and when he was on my show talking about how serious he is and, and making this a big deal, even kind of relinquishing his relationship with ROH at the expense of just having an opportunity um, for the Cruiserweight Classic, as he was talking about on my show, and I you know, and I think I just. My 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 support goes with him, and I think that he stole the show. Him and Coach Abushi. I mean, I was expecting Coach Abushi to to steal the show, and he did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Sean Maluda did pretty good too. Um, I was very. Um, there, there was they were plugging the Savat kick, and I think I think he lived up to that well. But yeah, Cedric Alexander. He he was the guy for me, and I was just really really happy to see the the reaction that came from the crowd. Uh, because his work is just so fluid. Oh, I agree. I mean, he, I hadn't seen him in a while. Uh, and he, he looked really good. Like you were saying, he lost weight. Uh, mm-hmm. he's one of those people that just moves in the ring, like in a level, like I can't even understand like how smooth mm-hmm. it is. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. When he like just jumps yeah. off the ropes, it's just so crazy how he can just get hyped like that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. All right. So let's get to the raw portion we have raw and smackdown to review um let's get to the raw portion what are some takeaways uh from raw uh that that you had for for uh, monday oh man let's see i mean the big thing is they're building up to the draft which went down tonight uh dean ambrose and seth rollins i thought had a pretty solid match uh with a bit of that uh screwy finish um (laughs) the whole wyatt family follow-up 
still not quite sure how I feel about that in New Day, but uh, yeah. it's kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah. How about you? Um, I, I I don't know. I wasn't very impressed with Raw. Um, mm-hmm. to, to to be honest with you, I I I you know Ambrose and Rollins. You know, they here's my thing. This is the reason why I like the split so much. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, they fight all the time. So it's just <laughs> like that that's why yep. I loved the split so much before, like a dozen years ago, because we literally saw fresh feuds, you know, and, and it really had the opportunity to make someone who was kind of lost in the shuffle. Uh you know, they kept saying that at the uh the post uh, SmackDown uh, special on the network. They kept saying lost in the shuffle. They were talking about uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and they were talking about Apollo Crews, just kind of lost in the shuffle. And it, when you have a stacked up, you know, uh, two hour, uh, two hour SmackDown and a three hour Raw, you have five hours pushing the same people. You're just going to have an overload of the exact same match over and over. I mean, we saw that with Ambrose and Rollins, and we especially saw that especially saw that with Ambrose and Owens. I was just like, if I see one, yeah. another one of these matches, I'm going to scream. Like, it's just uh-huh. ridiculous. So I, I don't appreciate that type of build. I don't like, you know, I don't like a build where people are already fighting each other so much before the pay-per-view. I'm a big fan yeah. of yep. not a lot of touching, not a lot of physicality before, you know, building up to the match. Let the money be in the fact that they're finally brawling it out, you know. And, I, and we we've seen too much of that. We you know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens they fight each other every week. Yep. Natalia and Becky Lynch on Raw and SmackDown they fight each other every week. I, it just kind of dilutes my passion to actually see a match if the build to the match has already kind of exhausted its physicality. I 100% agree. Like, uh, you know, had you told me two months ago the club and John Cena were going to battle at a pay-per-view, I would have been thrilled. But at this point, they've done every other combination except for the three-on-three. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit. But, yeah, seeing John Cena uh, beat up Luke Gallows, like, that's already given me too much. Like, I wanted Mm -hmm. to imagine what would those two be like in the ring together. Absolutely, 100%. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's pretty much for, and as far as the, as far as the finish, I mean, and it just kind of goes along with the, just the screwy dust, dusty style finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never, I, I've never been a big fan of dusty finishes. I mean, I, back in the NWA, I think it had its reasons. I remember, um, when they had a dusty finish, I, I think it was, uh, when Dusty was going against uh, Ric Flair for the for the NWA title, and you had a uh, uh, one of the refs, you know, be knocked out, and you know, another ref come in, and things like that, and then the Dusty finish is kind of coined. And of course, of course, you know, but the Dusty finish is kind of coined to have, you know, to be kind of any type of you know screwy finish that doesn't have a conclusive end, and kind of changes the momentum of uh the, the who's who's winning and kind of reverses the decision and it just it just really and again I'm old school I'm all about character building 
I'm all about making the character relevant. Making the, if if you're a heel, you're going to you're going to get a bunch of heat. If you're a face, you're going to going to get a bunch of steam. And th- stuff like this, it it doesn't do anything for anybody because you know, we saw the screwy finish. We saw Seth Rollins get the title and then we were announced after Raw was over via Twitter and via some random video that, oh, yeah, we, we changed our mind. It, it's a draw. So, you know, in a bag-bag play in baseball, you know, the runner, you know, gets the gets the base. You know what I mean? It, it's, uh-huh. just, it's, it's just weird, you know, that, that they would just kind of make that decision to say, oh, well, since it's a draw, it still stays on Dean Ambrose, and we're just telling you after all. That's not a that's a that's a horrible way to create a cliffhanger for SmackDown. And not only do you do that, you say, "Well, well, by the way, we'll have this exact same match a day after," you know. And mm-hmm. and it's like we're we're having all of this. We're having such an overload. We're supposed to build up to the Shield feud, this 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 Shield match, and you have a match, and then the same match the day after. And one of the the people lose clean on the second day, but not the first yep. day. So it's just it's just very convoluted to me. Oh yeah, uh, completely agree. Again, uh, by the time the the draft portion of the show was over tonight, and the main event was started, I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> like I don't care what happens in this match because they're going to fight again on Sunday, and Roman Reigns is going to be there. And like you, you just can't give us the same match two nights in a row. It's yeah. It, yeah, like you're saying, it's just way too much shield versus shield. Had this been the first time they all locked up, it would just be amazing. On mm-hmm. exactly, uh, it just feels like a feels like a raw main event to me. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So now we get to SmackDown. So we get a lot <laughs> within two mm-hmm. hours. Let's start off with the format. How did you like the format? Now they had. Um, you know, first and second round, you know, they had a first round of the match, second round, of the, then a uh, couple matches. And then after that, they had third round and then the match, fourth round of match, fifth round, and then to sixth round, and then the match after that. So it's definitely very different than the typical format that we saw of previous drafts of, you know, the announcements throughout the night of usually only about eight to 10 people. And then Everything just kind of gets thrown in the website. Now, how did you like that format compared to the other ones? Um, It's kind of tough because, I mean, they needed to get a lot of names out there. But at the same time, uh, it was hard to let it all sink in. Like right now, I'm still a bit confused on who's on what brand. I got it on my computer right now. But um, I wish they had maybe taken it slower if they could have and really built up the announcements bigger. Because by the yeah by the end of the night I I wasn't sure where everyone was at. Yeah, uh, if I didn't write it down, I would have had no clue. <laughs> I'm, you know, I just yep. that's that's where I'm at. I, I would have had absolutely no clue. And from from the picks that you remember, are there ones that are you know that surprised you? That that surprised you that went early? Are there once some ones that surprised you that uh, didn't go until the the post draft? Uh, or the post SmackDown draft portion. What are your thoughts on the order of the the picks? Yeah, well, I was uh, I was surprised that Charlotte and AJ were three and four, 
Uh, Cena was number seven. I expected him to be top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of on the reverse side, I guess Nia Jax going 25. And Apollo Crews, number 45. Yeah. I mean, he went yeah. after the Ascension, and the Ascension hasn't won in a year. Yeah, after Jack Swagger, too, and Naomi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, what were what were some of your big uh, kind of surprises there? Um, I, you know, I, I was okay with um, the, the the Ambrose and, and Rollins split, uh, just because, you know, for, for this, the reasons what I just said. Um, very happy that they're giving some Finn Balor some love. Surprised oh, yeah. that they split up the club. That 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 kind of threw me off a bit. However, Anderson and Gallows are going to Raw with Finn Balor. So that kind of creates another type of, oh. you know, suspicion. You know, it, it, it creates some curiosity to me that AJ's alone, Anderson and Gallows are with, with Finn Balor, who obviously they're, they have high hopes for. They're putting him as a, you know, as a huge pick, um, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the draft. So I'm interested if, if we're going to see a newer version of the club. I did not even think about that. I kept expecting by the end of the night somehow the club would get traded over to SmackDown to join AJ because it seems way too soon to split those guys up, and they seem to be Agreed. getting over pretty well. But yeah. um, now, I mean, now that you mentioned it, I'm kind of curious. I hope Finn stays babyface, though, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my my projection that I, that I wanted to see was um, – that I wanted to see all of them be in the same brand. Finn Balor come in as a heel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that there's money in building to his interest in the paint and things like that. I think you know, I'm a big fan of just stretching out storylines and, and making money out of out of good moments and good things. I think if you put them in the paint and the entrance and all that, if you do that early, it's going to die down before – that big WrestleMania moment, and because it's July now, or nine, you know, eight and a half months before WrestleMania, so if you kind of if you bring brought him in as a heel to kind of help the club on uh, at, at uh, Battleground, I think that would have been a, a good thing. Um, and then you know they could have had you know throughout these months, everything could have been good, and then AJ and Finn Balor could have had some type of animosity of you know who's the leader. Um, and then that could have led, you know, to a match, maybe like a, at a, um, a Survivor Series or a Royal Rumble, um, or even could have stressed it out, you know, to, to WrestleMania. I would love to see Finn Balor versus AJ uh, at WrestleMania. So I think they could have stretched out Finn Balor, you know, but just bringing him in, I hope that that will give him the Apollo Crews treatment, just bringing him in and saying, hey, he's Finn Balor. And then he'll be feuding against someone just so irrelevant and won't give him any, you know, type of steam because the the person he's feuding with, if it's a if it's a heel, has no heat whatsoever. So they're just kind of putting him in somewhere. I, I really hope they don't do that. Um, but it'll be yeah. interesting. The wide family split up now. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't know. Like I cannot imagine Braun Strowman. On his own on a on a raw that just I don't know yeah. I feel like he'll be like a Gene Snitsky they'll give him like a month push and then just be like there's nothing we can do this 
<laughs> Great comparison. <laughs> yeah, similar, uh, similar, you know, and 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 look too. Lots of resemblance uh-huh. there. Yeah. Well, I, I'm. Well, here's my here's my other thing with that. Now, do you have Luke Harper come in and and lead Strowman and and uh, Rowan? Did, where, where did Rowan go? I had I have it written down here. I don't know if he really? went to <laughs> Rowan as well. Eric Rowan, um, number fifty-five to SmackDown. SmackDown. So he's going to be with Bray. Um, so yeah, so Strowman is by himself. That, that's that's uh, quite odd. I, I, I don't guy. see any type of. Yeah, I, I don't see any type of meaning in that. You know, and that's and that's no. the problem that I have with kind of splitting up. You know, some of these. Um, uh, if, like for instance, Carmella was the last pick. Uh, she's going to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So and Enzo and Kaz are going to Raw. Well, I mean. If you watch the Breaking Ground, Triple H were talking. Triple H was talking about how he wants Carmella to kind of, uh, you know, kind of develop herself. She's on the right track. I mean, even if you saw, you know, on NXT, she was talking about how she wanted the title. But it's funny because both her and Alexa Bliss are now on the main roster, and so where does that leave? The women's division for NXT, NXT. Who does Oscar have to uh, feud with? And even even Marie's drafted the SmackDown now. Yeah. So who does Oscar have to feud with now? Uh, Peyton, uh, what's her name? Peyton Bank? Uh, not Peyton. Uh, Peyton. Peyton Bank? somebody. <laughs> yeah, that well, right? Peyton Banks with uh, TNA. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Bobby Roode, I think she was with. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Peyton somebody. I don't remember her name. It's uh, Royce. Royce. Peyton Royce. Yeah. Ah, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, and then you have, um, well, you have Tessa Blanchard. She's been trying to play the heel role. I, I don't, I mean, you know, you kind of just kind of start from scratch, but you still have the people like Bailey and Asuka and Joe uh, that didn't get drafted up, which I didn't think that. Uh, any of them would get drafted up just because I think they probably just needed all of them to be, uh, you know, Triple H is big on this. Let's create NXT to be a standalone brand. But you, you, Uh you took, you took some really good assets away from NXT. I have a Facebook live um, uh, every Monday after all. And it's, it's, it's quite funny because I, I picked Finn Balor to come up. I picked American Alpha to come up. Up the, um, who did else did I pick up that came up? Nia Jax, I picked her to come up, and then I, I picked five. My picks were Finn Balor, American Alpha, Nia Jax, Austin Aries, and Mojo Raleigh, and everybody came up except for Austin Aries. Oh yeah, he would have been good for the cruiserweight division. So I agree, I very much agree. I think, huh. uh, you know, I was I was skeptical about Mojo Raleigh, but I just I was like, ah. Uh, no one, no one at WWE, they they pull him up just just for a breaking ground type of, you know, uh, just to just to just to put yeah. it on breaking ground. So, uh, I mean, what uh, do you, yeah. I mean, Zack Ryder's on SmackDown too now. So, do you think it's going to be eventually uh, a hype bros reunion after after Battleground? Um, I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryder's getting a little something right now, and he he's still he's getting some of his uh supporters back i just i can't handle mojo raleigh (laughs) (laughs) i just can't do it uh yeah i mean maybe he's a great person in real life but his character i I can't handle it so yeah i hope not 
I think that there's characters that are really NXT exclusive. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. reason why, you know, I think like Adam Rose didn't do too well. I had him on my show a couple of weeks ago and he agreed. Like, you know, just, uh, I, he's really an NXT exclusive type of character. And I think you have yep. that Mojo Rowley to me. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I mean, the NXT is huge now. But, you know, mm-hmm. but to, to kind of push your character up. To, um, Vault Villains is another one. Ascension is another one. I think those are oh, really yeah. NXT exclusive characters that, I mean, it shows that being on their main roster, people just aren't interested in the character. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, some people just don't fit. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure Balor will have a lot of success, but when the VOD villains were in NXT, I was just thinking these guys are never going to make it to the main roster. And they did, but Vince, uh, I'm guessing Vince McMahon just got tired of them in the yeah. I didn't think they had a, a long shelf life anyways. I, I really mm-hmm. didn't. I was, I was very, very surprised that they actually got called up. Um, yep. because I, I just didn't see much, you know, going on w- with them, to be honest. And, and, and it showed uh, just people just weren't, um, interested. So just some, just some uh, interesting thoughts before we get to the flavor of the week. Um, uh, Titus O'Neill and, and Darren Young, they, they both got drafted to Raw. Uh, Jack Swagger got drafted to Raw too. Uh, Corey Graves mentioned, uh, possibly Bob Backlund making it a stable. What are your th- what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would say no. I think um, I think Titus works best as a heel. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but Darren actually impressed me last week on SmackDown when he had that face to face promo with the Miz. I thought with he showed Miz, some pretty good yeah. fire. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I would uh, I don't know. I would keep uh, Backlund and Young separate for a while and just see see if that can get over. What do you think about Swagger? Because uh, they were talking about Swagger needing some type of edge, and and Corey mentioned uh, Backlund being his coach too. Um, yeah, that can. I feel like Swagger or Swagger just needs to go away for a few months just to yeah. <laughs> forget about how how poorly he's been booked for the past few years. But he he needs something. He's a talented guy, but I think he's a. Uh, I think it would be best if he just disappeared for six months and came back as a slightly repackaged version. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Kalisto got, gets drafted to SmackDown, and uh, in his interview, he mentioned that he has some unfinished business with Baron Corbin. Does this equal a, yet another irrelevant feud that does nothing for Corbin? Yes. Oh, did you see that promo with Kalisto on SmackDown? I did. Or I mean, I'm sorry, tonight on the uh, poll show. Yeah, I did. Unfortunately, yeah, it, was, uh, it was pretty rough. Yeah, very. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for the guy. He just seems like he gets too over anxious or something, and I don't know. Remind what me of a Lex Luger promo. Talking talk about rough promos. What was that with Cesaro? Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for the guy. Yeah, it's uh. Because he's got some fire in him on promos, but then he jumbles his words, and it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it was 
I'm a big Cesaro game, but, guy, but that was rough. <laughs> was just, you know, he was talking to JoJo, then he started talking about why he stumbled his words because he speaks five different languages, and he, you know, he doesn't do much talking. He does his talking in the ring, so now he has an opportunity uh-huh. to talk. Or what? What were? I mean, what was the really central point of what you were saying? It was. It was. It was quite odd. So yeah. Um, Dana Brooke SmackDown. Um, oh, Dana Brooke to to to, to Raw, uh, and then you had just you know Bo Dallas, uh, and then kind of with the social outcasts, and then they 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 thinking that you know them thinking that they were with him and they weren't, and then Axel gets drafted to Raw anyways, but no he's mm-hmm. later uh, out of no yeah. no he's later. So wh- where does that go? Uh, they'll probably have him show up on Raw and SmackDown looking for a job for a bit and just do some sort of comedy nonsense, and then one of the brands will hire him, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's that, that's probably exactly what's going to happen, actually. And, <laughs> and knowing Heath Slater, he, he'll do a pretty good job at it. So I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of him as, a, like, a jobber. I think there aren't enough jobbers, and I think he's mm-hmm. pretty solid at, at being one. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I loved the uh, Raw 1000 uh, storyline that he was doing with all the legends. I absolutely mm-hmm. loved. That was my favorite Heath Slater era ever. I, I think. Oh, you know yeah, the very yeah. fact that they, yeah, the very fact that they picked him to go against. I mean, he was the guy. You know, I mean, he was losing, but he got to go against all those legends every week. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that, of course, you want to you want to have a top position, a prominent position. But when you're being on a when, when you're being in a prominent spot that people are looking forward to on Raw every week, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean I agree. I mean he got to take on DDP and Sid Vicious, and mm-hmm. those are, those are some of the highlights of those shows. Yeah, Vader. Yeah, he was, uh, Vader oh, got a pretty big reaction. Yeah, Lita. Yeah, he looked like he was gonna <laughs> cry from that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that was huge. So, all right, so let's get to the flavor of the week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right, so Andy and I, uh, we both uh, compiled a list of the top five worst number one draft picks. Uh, Who is your number five? This may sound awful, but I'm going with The Rock, 2002. (laughs) Oh, interesting. You should make a wood culture video about this, and I'm sure that the comments will be flooded. <laughs> I don't think I, most people would watch a minute worth before I would get quite a bit of hate mail. I'm going with The Rock because uh, shortly after joining, uh, I'm sorry, oh, SmackDown. Yes, he went to SmackDown. He went off mm-hmm. to go shoot a movie. He came back. He lost the title at SummerSlam to Brock Lesnar, and then he disappeared again. So. Yeah. I'm just going off of that. That he he kind of let his brand down a bit there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. RVD for <laughs> me. Um, uh, he was an ECW guy. I, I don't know why mm-hmm. he got drafted from ECW. I don't. I don't think that was a good idea, especially if you're trying to brand ECW as being something important. If you're taking their originals, if you're taking the originals away from them. Uh, it just kind yeah. of sours the brand. It did the same thing with Lashley. He was the ECW champion and, get, and got drafted to Raw and had to just drop his title, you know, the, the, at that time. You know I mean? Hey, well, Vince said you got to drop the title. I mean, it just 
they were just really souring the ECW brand, and these drafts really hurt. It was frustrating watching, like, Sandman getting taken to Rock because you knew right. they were never going to do anything with him, and yeah. that's basically what happened. He was gone in a couple months. Yeah, sure it was. Who's your fourth? I'm going to go with Rene Dupree, mm-hmm. the French phenom. Yeah. <laughs> My number four was MVP. Um, uh, I think I think at the time, you know, he, he was a big commodity when he was going against Kane and he was, you know, SmackDown, you know, greatest acquisition or whatever he was uh, done to be the highest paid uh, player or something like that. And, and I, you know, right. he's, he just really couldn't get any grounding, you know, after he had a really good heel run. He had some comic stuff with Matt Hardy for a while, but I just didn't think a number one draft pick at the the time that he did um, get number one. I don't I don't really think that that was a, a good call, and and we saw that you know it, it didn't really lead to anything. Uh, that was just a really rough year, two thousand nine. Molina was third, Big Show was second. You know that was just Kozlov was tenth, Maurice was eleventh. So. That was a rare, that was a really rough year, two thousand nine. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, who's your third? Uh, I actually got MVP. Nice. <laughs> uh, like you were saying, he was so good when he debuted. I felt he should have been like an Alberto Del Rio type, where they just shoot him to the top right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't. They gave him this horrible losing streak at one point. Uh, I, I was hopeful with the draft that he was gonna. Uh, pick things back up, but he never really did. So yeah. that's why I got yeah. him at three. Yeah. Number three was the great Kali for me. Um, I mean, that pretty much, I mean, that pretty much says it for itself. I mean, it, it, explains, it, it explains itself. <laughs> the great Kali is the number one draft pick anywhere, even in TNA right. uh, w- would still be a, a bit embarrassing. I, I just didn't see, I mean, I understand that they wanted to push the big guy. They wanted to make him a a big name. I mean, the whole uh, foot pin against the Undertaker. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was just one of those things that really, I mean, 2007, I understand, was a big year. And they wanted to make him a, a huge. But that was a really rough year, too. The Boogeyman was the first pick for uh, for ECW um, and from SmackDown. And so he was the second pick overall. Tory Wilson was the fifth pick overall. And it was just a – speaking of Gene Snitsky, he was in the top ten. <laughs> he was number nine. So, yeah, 2007 yes. was a very, very rough year for the draft. And it was one of those times where, you know, when, when we saw it back in 02 and 04, it was like, yeah, this is great. But when like when '07 came around, '09, you know, it was like, oh man, this is rough. This is really a, uh-huh. a C-rated type of uh, um, thing now. There's no type of excitement or or luster or, or anticipation, especially with people like the Great Kali and the Boogeyman being the top picks. Yeah. No. Totally. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Number two. Uh, you kind of beat me to it there. I got the great Kali. Uh, like you were saying, I think Kali is a guy you keep him around for a year. Let him let him beat up a bunch of jobbers, and then let Taker beat him, then let John Cena beat him, and then just send him off. Like 
you know, he's not a guy that needed to be around for like five years dancing with Hornswoggle and dating Natalia. Natalia, yeah, yikes. Yeah, he he ran his course pretty quick, and by the time he went to Raw, that was he was already done. I felt. Oh yeah, I agree. Number two for me is Kelly Kelly. Um, yeah, again, I mean that pretty much explains itself. I, you know, out of out of all the people on Raw and SmackDown, you choose Kelly Kelly. Out of uh, I, I, I don't get it. I, I quite don't understand why someone would say, you know what, Kelly Kelly is the one uh, out of everybody that that's uh, on the roster. I'm going to choose Kelly Kelly from Raw to SmackDown. And, you know, again, it's one of those things I need to do. I need to look further into this as far as the number one picks that are no longer there. Um, uh-huh. And that's a, and that's and it's funny because RVD, MVP, the great Kelly and Kelly Kelly. It's you know, it's crazy. The all my five picks aren't there anymore. So that right, pretty much yeah. says it all. And Kelly Kelly is one of them. It's a good call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be weird if she didn't make your list. Uh, right. So who's your number one? Uh, which is exactly why I am putting Kelly Kelly at number one. I remember yeah. watching this live, and I would always get excited for the, the draft a little bit, and they called her out as number one. And I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I can okay. picture her in my mind coming out and smiling and the announcers being all excited <laughs> about Kelly Kelly being drafted first. And it's just one of those things where they try to convince you that something's really great, but it's not. Yeah. Got the night off to a bad start. Uh, yeah, well said. I got the night off to the bad start, uh, indeed. Especially when you hear that holler, holler music, and then when she <laughs> kind of puts her, uh, you know, points up, to, you know, to the to the uh, diagonally, and just kind of put her hands up in mm-hmm. the air, and it's just like, oh, really? Yeah, my number one, uh, I mean, it seemed like we were basically agreeing on just about everything here. My number one was Renee Dupree. I, I just, oh, man, what what in the world? I mean, this first of all, he's a singles. And this is the only reason why I edged him above Kelly Kelly. Because Renee Dupree was just, he was popularized as a tag team wrestler. You know that that was his popularity with La Resistance and even teaming with um, oh goodness, what was his name? What was the other guy? Uh, Kenzo Suzuki. Kenzo Suzuki, yes. Um, you know, even won the even won the tag team titles with him. So he, you know, he was he was no yeah, exactly. He was he was uh, <laughs> he was known as a tag team wrestler. So why are you making him? A number one draft pick as a singles competitor when he hasn't even really established himself as a singles wrestler. Why would he be your number one pick? And it just makes absolutely no sense. It's like someone who's on training wheels, and I'm picking, uh-huh. you know, we're, and we're schoolyard picking for a, a bike squad. And I picked the someone who just got off the training wheels as my number one. Yeah, that's the guy. He's 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 the one there. I want him above everybody else. It just it was such a horrible decision. Yeah, totally. I, I, he had the look, but he didn't have any of the in-ring abilities to make himself a successful singles wrestler. And they tried multiple times, never worked. Absolutely. All right, well, final minutes here. Let's get to the battleground prediction. So we have. Sasha Banks and TB 
determined uh, against Charlotte and Dana Brooke. First of all, who is uh, TBD and who will win the match? Uh, TBD. I'm going to – I'll say Bailey just because uh, Sasha Banks said, like, it's not Bailey. And because tonight, supposedly they were handing out Bailey signs, but maybe that was somebody just playing a joke. So mm. uh, I'll go Bailey, and then I will say Sasha wins just because uh, that'll set up the singles match for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I agree. I believe that uh, the insert uh, person here is Bailey. Indeed, I can't really think of anybody else from a babyface standpoint that is a mystery. Um, right. So yeah. The New Day against the Wyatt family. This is the last time we'll see the Wyatt family together. Oof. Um, I guess I got to go New Day then if they're going to split these guys up. Um, yeah, they're going to want, I mean, they're going to want the titles on Raw. And I think it'll be uh, Xavier Woods' time to find his courage and pick up the win. Indeed. New Day as well, simply because of the split factor, I agree. Becky Lynch uh-huh. and Natalia. Wait. <laughs> um, I'll go Natalia. Just so, I, although I could be wrong, I forget what brands everyone is on right now. But I will go Natalia, so they'll have a rematch later, and then Becky picks up the win later. Uh, both on SmackDown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah I'll go. Uh, I'll go Natalia cheating somehow. Um. Makes sense. I don't want to see this longer, but uh, I think it'll go longer. So because of that, I agree. I think Natalia taken. Uh, let's get into the mid card championship matches: Rusev and Ryder. Uh, Rusev. I think Ryder is just the Titus O'Neil this month. He's the guy mm-hmm. they like to build up for a little bit just to knock him down and have fun and laugh at him for a bit, and then uh, give him another shot. So totally. Rusev. I agree totally. I think, you know, we saw that a little bit um, with his original heel run with Mark Henry and Big E and Jack Swagger. So, yeah, I think he I think he just does that. And hi, bros. We'll be back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unfortunately to you. But, yeah, Um, Miz and Darren Young for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, man, that title trades back and forth so many times. Uh, it, I could go either way, but I will say Miz cheats somehow to uh, hold on to the title. Although I think he's on SmackDown, right? Uh, the Miz is on yeah, SmackDown, yes. Daniel okay, yeah, Miz, Miz wins then to keep the title on, on SmackDown. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Yeah, keep the mid-card title on SmackDown. John mm-hmm. Cena, Enzo Amore, and Big Cass against the club. Um... I, Oh, yeah. See, tonight I hate that Cena won because that takes a lot of heat off the match. Um, I guess I'll go the club to set up Styles versus Cena one-on-one at uh, SummerSlam. Yeah. I'm going to go the opposite route because of that, because uh, Styles mm-hmm. beat Cena. So I think Cena, you know, Cena, Amora, uh, yep. Cass are going to take it because Enzo Amora lost on SmackDown and uh, uh, Raw and SmackDown last week, uh, um, uh, AJ Styles uh, pinned him uh, both times. Well, he lost against Raw at Raw this this week, and then SmackDown last week. And then the mm-hmm. beat up John Cena. John Cena's, uh, you know, I think that they're gonna they're, they're gonna win 
to let Cena say, well, you beat me before we beat you, and this is kind of the rubber match-ish. So sure. uh, I think they'll take it for there. All right, real quick, uh, Zane and Owens. Uh, Zane. <laughs> I think he's – Yeah, I say Zane too, uh, and I hope that it's over. All right, who yeah. uh, wins or retains the WWE Championship? Uh, I'm going to say Dean Ambrose retains. I don't think they're going to just hand it back over to Roman. Yeah, I, I thought that this was going to be a one-off, but and I, I don't really see him going into SummerSlam with it, though. That's the big thing. I think it'll yeah. be a screwy finish. I think we'll probably see the, the Shield triple threat again at uh, SummerSlam, which I didn't want to see. Uh, but I think we'll. I think it'll be some type of screwy finish um, that we'll see this again on SummerSlam. So, yeah, all right. So, where can we find you, Andy? So check. Uh, I'm on Twitter if you want to follow me. Uh, it's uh, Andrew Socek there, S-O-U-C-E-K if you want to follow. Otherwise, I uh, publish stuff on What Culture pretty much uh, every day, so check it out. Awesome. Absolutely. Great videos that uh, Andy put over there at uh, What Culture. So been a pleasure, man. Uh, I yeah. All the times that you've been here, it's been a roundtable. Uh, so I'm doing. Uh, I've been doing uh, guest co-hosts uh, for quite some time now. I'm gonna keep doing it, and uh, I we finally got to to the point where our schedules aligned, and uh, it was well worth it. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me on, man. Fantastic. Have a good night. Thanks. You too. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Socheck. Uh, again, follow him, uh, Andrew Socheck. Uh, what culture doing some great work there it's been a pleasure ladies and gentlemen thank you again to brandy rhodes who did a fantastic job although her being a michigan fan there are good things that come out of michigan so it's okay <laughs> great time here great show uh thank you for all your support in episode 225 as far as where i'll be you'll catch me on uh on facebook live monday night for the raw review and of course next week for episode 226 for the uh, the Crave Wrestling Pancakes and Power Slam show. Awesome, awesome announcements coming up as well. we got some big, big things coming very, very near in the future that uh, we'd love your support, your continual support for. And, of course, until then, you can always follow at Crave Wrestling. My personal Twitter is at Chris Prolific. And, of course, as the uh, awesome, awesome support on the Facebook page, If you haven't liked the Crave Wrestling Facebook page, go ahead and like it. If you have liked it, tell somebody else about it. All right, you all have a great evening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Until next week, have a good week. Enjoy your week of wrestling, and God bless. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 